coming up on Pass the Secret Sauce. And there was years when I definitely grind and I was satisfied with what was going on, but it, it would just hurt at times. It'd be so lifeless and soul sucking. So don't be afraid uh, to identify those things that you're really not good at, that are really draining you, that are causing you to go home and like, you know, yell at the significant other or just be a grump in traffic or things like that. So be cognizant of those because there's people out there who want to do those roles. Welcome to the show. I'm Matt Shields. On Past the Secret Sauce, we unscramble the life stories, skills, and secrets from the most wicked smart minds and interesting people to uncover their experience and recipes for success that will help you get an edge on your own life. My goal is to help you rein in on the chaos that life throws at us by learning from other high achievers. If you're new to the show, we have episodes with founders, CEOs, investors, and leaders. So if you like to learn and are motivated to improve your life, then kick back and listen to our guests pass their secret sauce. Up next on Pass the Secret Sauce, we have Jeffrey Venn, who is the founder and CEO of Create Web Studios. Jeff has had a great deal of success with his company, and we get into some of the reasons why he has succeeded and how he has grown a company that is pretty well runs by itself. So Jeff does not need to watch it you know, every step of the way. So again, we get into building culture and building systems and just getting a process in place so that you can have the freedom from your business that most people think that they should have, but very few actually do. So Jeff and I have a lot of very similar interests and similar goals and similar mindsets. So this is a lot of fun talking to Jeff, and I hope you enjoy today's episode of Pass the Secret Sauce with Jeff Venn. Oh, geez. My dinner table growing up as a child. So my dad was, a, he's a retired professor, my mom a teacher. So a lot of times we didn't have to all sit down together. But when we did have to do the sit down meal, the food was kind of gross. They made me eat like chicken and green peas. And my dad came in as like professor suit and he's a chill guy, but he was grumpy. So I actually detest sit down dinners uh, with a passion. However, on a normal day when we we're all playing, I have two siblings. Yeah, like there, there'd just be some random good stuff and you kind of come in and out. So that's the dinner table for me. Very Don't really cool. want to repeat it. Yeah, all good. I'll, and, and is that still through today too, where you uh, you prefer yes. just kind of grab and go? Yeah. Yeah, so and I have kids too and it really uh, ticks people off, but uh, I'm just like, the kids don't want to sit down either, man. Yeah. This is miserable. <laughs> so every now and then we do, perhaps on Thanksgiving we do, or we try Taco Tuesday. But yeah, I, I food is a utility. Just give me the energy and let's yep. move on to the next thing. I, I agree. I agree. I love it. I love it. So so you've started a couple of different companies now and obviously have, have been very successful. What were some of the first exposures to entrepreneurialism that you had? Did you Were you you know, the kid selling candy early on or or you know, when did it first start? clicking for you that that was something that you wanted to pursue? Yeah. So, you know, I'm a Jacksonville, Florida guy and we have the University of North Florida. So I love computers, music, creativity, this, that, and other. And I got a computer science degree, minored in graphic design, and I landed this super great job in an IT department at the municipality. So water, waste, water, electric. And I, I did really well there. I was in my early twenties, but I got bored as heck. It was like a bureaucratic environment. I really love the leadership team. You know, at that time, there wasn't really work from home, so there was a commute, and my soul just wanted so much more, 
And so I had a great run there. There's a 200 person IT shop. I got to the director level. I'm still really good friends with the, the CIO uh, who was there for about 14 years. But yeah, after about six years, I looked across the table. You know, it was, it was all these guys, all a young buck, maybe 26, seven, eight. And they were awesome people, but I looked across the way and it was like a pension-based thing, right? So it's mm -hmm. like, hey, if you stay here at 53, you'll retire with 80% of your salary for life, which sounds pretty good, but at the time, 53 didn't exist. And uh, yeah, I looked across the table and I was like, man, this, this, this older guy is a cool guy, but he's making barely any more money than me. And I have to sit in this floor of this building for like literally 25 more years. And I, I just kind of woke up and I just said, screw it. And, uh, you know the rest is history. And that was in 2005. That's great. That's great. And so you, you've gotten very much so into, you know, designing your life so that, you know, your, your needs are taken care of, but yet you still have a lot of time uh, to do whatever it is that you want to focus in on. Talk a little bit about some of the ways that you have designed that you know, talk about some of the ways that you initially started your companies with that, that type of thing in mind. And then we can talk a little bit about some of the things that you're actually doing in your company to be able to, to offer that type of freedom in your own life. Yeah. So as entrepreneurs, we highly value autonomy and freedom. That's just a given, but in order to have freedom, you know, picture just a bird in the sky, right? Like what's that bird free from versus Picture a bird flying out of the cage, right? That's so entrepreneurs need this tension of these boundaries and this escaping from, but uh, getting out there. So yeah, we, we have this uh, weird view of freedom where it's just like, oh, I want to do whatever I want whenever, but it's not quite the case. But I basically wanted control of my time, right? So I, if you give me a task, I know I can get the things done. I don't need you to watch over my shoulder. If I need help, I'll go back to you. If I think the task you've given me is ridiculous, like, I'll give it a go. I might tell you in the beginning. So yeah, I really want to control over my time. I didn't want to waste 40 minutes each way in the car. That's an hour and a half a day. I live here near the beach in Jacksonville beach. The waves would be really good. There was no work from home. So yeah, all these arbitrary boundaries are just placed on me, including the most painful one, which is in a bureaucratic civil service environment, about 30% of the people just need to be fired to get the job done. So yeah, getting out on my own and just having that that sense of being able to chart my own course of being ultimately responsible for my time that really drove a lot of things and it was scary you know it's scary going out on your own i had a one-year-old child the wife was the homemaker at the time and i just had to grind and go but uh you know what life's full of like pains and struggles and fears and sicknesses when you know you're stuck in the boring corporate job whether you're being an entrepreneur or not. So that whole thing of, oh, it's too scary, this, that, and that. I'm like, well, life's already scary anyway. If you're not an entrepreneur and you got a corporate job, like some of my brother-in-laws, you know, COVID comes through and they just get like ripped right out of the helm, just like boom on a dime. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm sorry, right now we have 130 clients with our digital marketing agency. It's unlikely all of them are going to fire us. So in a way, you know, having worked towards it and gotten it, I think I have a little more job security than a lot of people think. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so that so that's impressive too. So did you when you started the company? Did you? I'm assuming you had the same mindset, where you you didn't want to devote, you know, all day long working 15, 20 hour days, you know, trying to grind this thing out. Did you did you approach it that way? You know, even in the beginning, where. Yeah. where so here's the deal. So ironic thing, we have about 10 people. You can go to createwebstudios.com. Uh, but we have about 10 people. They're all millennial entrepreneurs or, or millennial types. And no one works over 40 hours per week there. You mm -hmm. know, 30 to 35 hours is the normal rate of work. 
And uh, there's only one girl on the team and she works 40 hours, but she's just kind of a worker. And we actually had to back her off because we're like, Jess, you know, you're breaking overtime rules and stuff like that. <laughs> you're so, showing us yeah. all up, but you're working too hard. <laughs> yeah. And generally, like we don't have any crises after nights and weekends. Once again, we build websites, we do all yeah. the online marketing, email newsletters, Google ads, things like that. We manage people more by getting the work done. So of course we have time trackers and project boards, this, that, and other, but we've created that, uh, like that self-sustaining culture and people really, really like it. How I got there, I just, I can work very fast, but mm -hmm. not at the expense of, of accuracy, right? So mm -hmm. I can just rip through stuff, computer science major, musician, graphic design, I'll just tear through stuff, but I just don't like work that much, okay? Mm -hmm. So like websites, I'll think about websites for six, eight hours in a day, but I don't wanna be thinking about them Saturday night or Sunday night or anything like that. So when I built the business, I never worked more than 40 hours, right? I, I always joked I could work 24 seven, but I, I was meeting the income requirements, this, that, and other. And then honestly, you know, since 2014, we're here in 2020 now, you know, I never worked much more than 30 hours. And then it got down to 15 and I really had fun building the leadership team. And mm -hmm. all I did was fire myself. I would like master something and I get sick of it. So in the very beginning, I'll just give you an example coding a website at that time took about 30 hours. So yeah. here I am doing all these sales, doing all these billions, spending two hours, getting a good design out. And then the website would take 30 hours to code. I'm actually a coder by trade. I really like coding, but at some point I was like, man, I've just this landed sucks, five yeah. deals. This is 30 hours. So yeah, all I've done is like fire myself from things I've mastered. Cause there's many others who want to pick that up and do it with joy. And then some stuff I was never good at, right? Like I get tax strategy and P&Ls and stuff like that, but don't ever hire me as your CPA. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? So stuff that I was never good at, I checked that off as soon as possible. So yeah, um, I've just been building this like, like system of firing myself and, mm -hmm. and getting to that tip of the pyramid of, of life the way I want it and life on my own terms, to be honest with you. That's great. So, so when you're, when you're firing yourself and you, you master these, these things, are you creating, you know, some type of processes and procedures where you're basically saying, okay, you know, we need to do it this way and, and, or, or like creating some kind of a structure or platform that you can insert somebody else in and see how it's done? Or are you basically working to the point where you understand it so that you can, you know, if somebody else isn't doing it correctly or, or you can help guide someone else? What, what is your, what is your, I guess your process for truly firing yourself from that position or that, that task. Yeah. So for sure, for, for any, any kind of job or any role in our organization, especially the more junior ones, we have all kind of little checks and balances. For example, we do websites. So let's just say we did a, a chiropractor at the Jacksonville beach website. They'll need like little updates or about us thing done or a coupon changed. And a junior level person can really go in as simple as that sounds and like mess it up. They cannot respond on time. They can, yeah. uh, you know, upload the picture and have it stretched like stuff you hire the web development company to get right. So at the lower level, a lot of checks and balances. As we get higher up in the leadership, they're more accountable to maintain their department. So let's just say I'm uh, Jess from my team and Jess is over the website supports, the enhancement, helping sales close projects. So she's got a lot of structure in place and a lot going on and she is managed by dashboards. So the way I run the business is this. It's like being in the cockpit of a 747 or something. We know our destination. Like if we're flying west, you know, to California, are we, are we heading up to like Canada and Vancouver? Are we like going to Central America? Like we got to know the destination. We have to know our fuel. We have to know how many passengers, i.e. customers and team members are on the plane. So at the higher level in our team, and we have three leaders, definitely those dashboards are key. And I'll just give you a small example. For sales, 
All I really need to know is two things. How many leads are coming in on any mm -hmm. given time period and how many are closing? And then tie dollars to that. And I can literally, we could be selling clay pigeons, like widgets, whatever. But that's an example of how you can like abstract sales to literally just two numbers. And then from down there, you know, the details come out. Got it. Got it. That's interesting. So, so when you, did you, do you have any frameworks or anything like that that you use when you know, doing approaching something where you're trying to design it around, you know, your lifestyle, any, any tips or anything like that, that you can help other people. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a, a self-admitted workaholic. I'll, you know, sit there and plug away all the time and, you know, I, I enjoy it, but at the same time, you know, there would be times when I'd like to be able to step away too. So I'm curious if you have any steps or things that you would suggest other workaholics can look at and, and recognize when they're walking down this path or they're working on this specific thing, you know, to recognize that and, and maybe how is it that I can, you know, hire someone else or push this off on someone else? Any, any advice there? Yeah. So I would take that two ways and I'm all about mindset. You know, at some point, irrespective of whether we want to work less or not, we just get burnout on things, right? Mm -hmm. I got burnout on coding. I got so burnout on invoicing, right? It was just not my skill set. Yeah. If I didn't invoice, there was no cash. So let that pain drive you. And yeah. for a lot of us say, so for example, for me, we deliver websites and then like, you know, social media campaigns. At some point, the account manager is so valuable and that will give you the most time back. And so I really encourage, because I mentor millennial entrepreneurs right now, I'm like, get that solid account manager person and get a whole chunk of time back and get a lot of weight off your shoulders. So an account manager is a great thing. I'm not staying in too much pain because I have been in pain. In 2005, I started, we're now in 2020. And there was years when I definitely grind and I was satisfied with what was going on, but it, it would just hurt at times. It'd be so lifeless and soul sucking. So don't be afraid uh, to identify those things that you're really not good at, that are really draining you, that are causing you to go home and like, you know, yell at the significant other or just be a grump in traffic or things like that. So be cognizant of those because there's people out there who want to do those roles. And then secondly is this, and this is really where I've been at. This one's a little more proactive, you know, is leaders of a company, we're paid to think, right? We're paid to think strategically. There is no value right now in me going out and doing social posts for my company or uh, writing uh, job descriptions for services I don't even run. There's a whole heck of a lot of value in me setting one big, hairy, audacious goal, one wildly important goal, we've done that. There's a lot of value in me coaching and listening and building up that leadership team. So the bottom line is this, people think hard work's a commodity, Hard work is where it's at. Virtus Technology is a custom business software solution provider. Are you tired of manual entry into an old system that creates more work than it helps? Does your company suffer from constant pain and frustration around its business processes? Do you spend a lot of time and money trying to hunt information down or figure out what is happening in your business? Virtus Technology can help solve all of this. We evaluate your current processes and then create custom software or mobile apps to automate and streamline your business process, eliminating a lot of those pains and frustrations. Unlike other systems, our goal is to digitize your current processes and systems so that your staff's learning curve is very small. If you're ready to take your business operations to the next level, give Virtus Technology a call today. 
hard work's really a commodity. There's there's continents right now that will outwork you as a graphic designer, that will mm -hmm. outwork you on social media. We all have 24 hours in a day, but if we can just make it finite enough to where we're working on those activities that make the most difference, which are mainly leadership and strat strategy activities, all of a sudden those couple of hours produce so much more value. So yeah, you got to get out of that mindset thinking like, hey, I just got to work harder, work harder, work harder. That's a commodity these days. I mean, Steve Jobs had 24 hours in the day. Bill mm -hmm. Gates did, Jeff Bezos. And look at their output compared to my 24 hours. So yeah, yeah I got to get out of that mindset. I got to do it all. I can't trust anyone, this, that, and other, because that kind of thinking will never grow anything, right? So yeah. that's kind of where I'm at. And, and now, are, are your is your team all remote or are they, are they local to you? Do you yeah, have an so office? Yeah, we have a mix. So we have an office here in Jacksonville Beach, Florida. I would say there's about six of us uh, here in town. One in, one's in Ocala Florida, uh, Ocala, Florida. And then we do have some people overseas, our designer, our coder, some support. So it's a mix. And as a marketing agency, it's definitely a hybrid style. Some office, some work from home. And honestly, we're about to launch a co-work space as soon as this uh, pandemic stuff stabilizes a little bit before we sign a lease. Yeah, yeah, and talk a little bit about the co-working space. What 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 types of focus are you are are you going to focus in on anything, or is it going to yeah, be open sure. to any? Yeah, yeah, talk a little so, bit about that. Yeah, so you know, my team's age right now, currently the core members are like twenty seven to thirty two. We have some some silverbacks and some outliers, but uh, it's just this vibe. And you'll go to the coffee shops around town. Jacksonville, Florida is a decently big space. Jacksonville Beach has excellent energy on it. Mm -hmm. You'll just see these people. They'll be doing uh photography or video or a lot of them are you know in their early 20s going to one of the universities here in town studying digital marketing so we want to take that energy take that vibe and put it into a co-work space so instead of at the coffee shop where you have a whole lot going on you can come and chill and work with like-minded people get coaching for your business get mentoring and just kind of have that all around good energy so that's our goal with a co-work space we'll definitely have my agency in there my friend has an agency some anchor tenants but then we're going to carve out the space for millennial entrepreneurs so they can get their grind on get fired up and stay encouraged i love it i love it you mentioned a couple of times now about culture and and how important that is how did you how did you approach that when you when you were hiring your people how did you know that the people would be a, a good fit for you? Is it just a feeling that you had with them? Or you obviously you have a lot of people around you locally, so you could meet them personally, but even you know, hiring overseas, how did you know whether or not they would be a good fit for your team or not from a culture sure. perspective? So you know, going back to when I was doing all the work and, and, and building the websites, this, that, and other, I like, I'm, I'm after, you know, building a great thing, a great product, a great service. I have hyper attention to detail. I really care. And so that was naturally, you know, inbred when I was making the hires. But I would say this, hiring and firing is so important. We often like, you know, hire fast and fire slow and we should really take our time. And here's why it's so hard. There's nothing lot, uh, worse in life than average. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, that normal curve being stuck right there in the middle, there's nothing worse than that because an average team member you hire with average skill sets that's kind of okay, like they'll start out as an A, they'll go down to a B, they'll drop to a C, you'll spank them a little bit, they'll be an A plus for a week. And then they're never horrible, right? Because you wouldn't yeah. have hired them in the beginning. So I really think like waiting until someone's a great fit. And for example, when coding websites, there's so many people that can code WordPress websites today. 
I can get that part instantly, right? But what I'm after is, do you have attention to de detail? Do you have to ask you two times? Like, mm -hmm. are you generally fired up and a good person? Because in closing, here's why we spend so much time with the people we work with, right? We got to right. see them every day on Zoom and be with them. So, hey, don't pick someone average. It's just going to kind of shift right there in the mediocre middle. But wait for it. Get those eight players. And honestly, I have a leadership team today. The company day-to-day uh, -day runs without me. And, and those three girls, like, I love them to death. Like, they're yeah. awesome. And they make, like, life good. We do great things. We're innovative. We feel good about working with each other. And that's how the day starts on Monday. That's great. That's great. And and talk a little bit about how you selected your leadership uh, people. Obviously, you they, they probably came in more as junior uh, members. Yeah. Do they... Do they you know, kind of work them w their way up to, you know, showcase themselves as being standout type people or, or what was, what was yeah. the thought process there? That's probably the most amazing thing that, that started in 2014 or 15 and here in 2020 has really materialized. But uh, yeah, so marketing is generally uh, female and it's generally younger, right? So mm -hmm. I'm kind of working with a younger demographic. If you're like me, you don't want to go hire some like $80,000 account manager out of the gate when like right. 42,000 sounds like a lot of money, but you don't want to rip people off. So because the industry was younger and because I'm kind of a, a do it yourself or get it, I, I did get a lot of a younger people or less experienced people to do it. And honestly, a couple of times I did pay out and got more experienced people, but they have all this history and all these thoughts and ideas that they, mm -hmm. they just tried to smash on the company and it didn't fit. So these people that come in, I just, I, I don't know about you, but I want to get better and better, right? So these people that come in that are hungry, they're just highly intelligent. They like look me in the eyes. They're like, yes, I got it. I'm like, do you want more? I'm like, they're like, yes. And I'm like, do you want more money? And they're like, yes. So it's just this little cycle. And like I said, those A plus players, the girl that runs our finance and like our HR and operations right now, she just turned 27 and she's That's a great. total boss. So these, these, there's some amazing millennial young talent out there and because they've come up from within and kind of developed our pattern and our culture, like the blend there's really good. And so now when things aren't aligned in our culture, it kind of like festers like a splinter, you know, it yeah. just gets kicked out on its own. So that's kind of how that happened. And it happened kind of by accident, but not really now. I mean, it's tangible. Yeah, no, that's, that's interesting. That's interesting. It, it's always, it's always cool hearing how other companies you know, are started and, and kind of those, those trials and tribulations. If you could put your finger on the current issues that you have, are, are you struggling with anything at this point? Anything that you're, you know, trying to, trying to better at, at this point? Yeah, I'll answer with current struggles. Uh, but real quick, you asked, where did I get a philosophy or framework? Pay for business coaching. You know, that yeah. book E-Myth, I've done E-Myth coaching. I've done uh, industry stuff. I'm telling you, the principles are the same. So I really encourage people out there. You know, it's kind. Of, it gets kind of expensive, right? A good mm -hmm. coaching program might be 500 up to thousands, but uh, and even more. But get out there and do that coaching. It's really helped me. So, so okay. you're a fan of the E Myth one? I've done many. I mean, I've done ones in my. I don't care what it is. It's yeah. the same stuff. Set a goal. Stick to it. Work on your business, not in it. It's the same BS. So whatever yep, yep. it takes for you to get motivated. I mean, hell, talk to me. I'll fire you up. I'm moving in that direction <laughs> anyway. So like honestly, anything. But a lot of times you just read a book in the dark. We're like, oh yeah, I need to systematize my business, and we just never do anything about it. Yeah. So that accountability and coaching is where it's at. As far as things I struggle with today. Well, 2020 has been an interesting year with the stuff going on. Yeah. So we had this wildly important goal of getting recurring revenue. So revenue that comes in every month up from about 65, 66% to 85%. Mm -hmm. 
Because yeah. if 85% of it's reoccurring, this last 15% project where we can just pick and choose, well, COVID comes along, we're in medical quite a bit, we're in some commercial real estate. So no one like quit us because they hate us, but like recurring revenue just dropped in half in a day in April, right? Yeah. So now yeah. we're at like 52% recurring revenue. Uh, fortunately, we are in websites like, you know, digital's taking off. So we've actually been making a small profit this year, even though we're down in revenue. But uh, yeah, so that just kind of sucked. And there's not much you can't, I mean, there's a lot of things you can do, but I'm not going to magically go from 52 to 85% in a snap. So that's been a bit of a struggle. And then two, I don't have to run the day-to-day -day of my business, right? So I encountered too much time, right? And I realized in COVID, like, I was like, if you don't start getting on this co-work thing, Jeff, or you don't start getting out here and doing a podcast like this, you're never going to achieve your next dream, right? Yeah. So I kind of had this slap in the face and I was like, man, it's summer 2020. It's been chill. We made it through COVID. It's chill. I'm not having to work a lot, but I was like, you can't open a co-work space right now, most likely, but Jeff, it's going to be summer of 2021 and you're going to be sitting here and lost another year, not moving after, you know, inspiring other entrepreneurs and getting out there. So uh, those were the two probably biggest hits this year. Uh, luckily, both of them, like all things are pretty solvable. And once yeah. you're aware, it changes. That, that's a great outlook. And that's actually a perfect segue into what I was going to ask next is what is next for you? You mentioned a couple of times about this co-working space and you know, your coaching programs. Talk a little bit about some of those things and what you want to achieve with, with those. Yeah, this is a great question. And I'm so excited to be in this next chapter because I'm in my early 40s right now. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've done the agency grind. I've paid my dues and I'm going to continue that going on, but I want to give back. So I want to speak to the, the Jeff in his 20s, the Jeff in their 30s. So I've started this thing called Converge and that's the mentoring program for millennial entrepreneurs and that will eventually turn into a co-work space. So that's a near and dear passion of mine. I launched my first mentoring program. It's running for three months during fall time of this recording. So that's it, weconverge.io. Mm -hmm. So weconverge.io. And then I've launched my personal brand at jeffvin.com. That's jeffvin, V as in victory, ENN.com. And so that's where as the co-work space develops or as we have some amazing lessons learned from our digital marketing team, or as I get more into this millennial entrepreneurship, all that stuff will go down. I honestly want to write and speak for a living. I believe we just like need to like wake up and take action and get moving. So that's kind of the spice that I, I want to bring to the world. Because a lot of times when you're going out on your own, your mom might be like, why didn't you get an accounting degree? Or this sounds risky, or you won't have health insurance. And my philosophy is almost at any age, but definitely these days you could show up at 30, like broken, destitute, and still like figure out what your career could be. So I'm like, you know, you have these desires. I have these desires. Why not take action and get moving on them? So that's where I'm headed next with things. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. That's uh, it's so inspirational. And, and one thing that you kind of just touched on right at the end there, and I know that I I felt it when I started on my entrepreneurial journey is, you know, the negativity from, from people that, you know, haven't necessarily taken that leap, you know, they're trying to protect you and, and bring you back into their own world, which is, you know, going to, to work for someone else, you know, all the time. Is that something that you focus in on, you know, with your, with your teachings and lessons is to be able to push all of that noise away and keep, you know, keep moving forward toward whatever it is that you are trying to achieve? Yeah, so it's um, interesting you mentioned that, Matt, because I need to put that in more because I've kind of got past a lot of that noise, so I'm not as aware of it. 
but absolutely the people I meet and the people I work with have this like innate hunger in their eyes and the sparkle there. But yeah, society, it's really just fear, right? It is, like yeah. Jeff, Jeff, don't leave your job at the municipality. You started at 24, you're going to retire at 53, you know, with, with pension for life, like be, be wise. But yeah, it's just really fear. And like, honestly, we all want to feel a certain way every day. So we yep. set these arbitrary goals. I want to make this much money or I'll be happy when I get the new iPhone or whatever. But honestly, we just want to wake up and feel a certain way every day. And uh, I think we have the right to do that. And if a corporate soul-sucking job and getting a finance degree because mom said it's just going to kill your vibe, well then, yeah, respect mom, you know, like love your family, choose your friends, but like, get out of there. You don't owe anyone anything. You're the one who has to live with yourself yeah. every day, right? <laughs> so yeah, I, I would say that a lot of people like Matt, probably you had this sparkle in our eyes. So as soon as we felt a little freedom from that stuff, yeah, just move it out of the way. Like, yeah, no, completely agree. No, I, I love it. I love it. You know, this is this has been fantastic. I, I uh, can't wait to be able to see what you produce and and the uh, the entrepreneurs that come out of your programs and that. So, uh, definitely want to stay in touch with you and and learn more as that progresses. So, but uh, but for right now, thank you for being on Past the Secret Sauce. And uh, again, we'll uh, we'll cross paths again sometime soon, perhaps. One of my trips down to Jacksonville, we'll we'll get together and go surfing or something. So, <laughs> for sure, Matt. Thanks so much. Excellent. Thanks for listening, and remember, pass the secret sauce.